Welcome to the first ever Obsessive Viewer Podcast. I am your guest host, Greg Lenz, and I'm about to introduce you to the Fuhrer of the Obsessive Viewer, <laughs> Mr. Matthew Hurt himself. Matt, how are you doing today? Hello, Greg. I am doing well. Um... How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for letting me uh, guest host this. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for you know doing all setting this all up for me and everything. And uh, yes, it's very yeah. complicated. It's it's you know I'm very well trained in physics, chemistry, science, yes. engineering. I'm, I'm, I have a lot of brain folds. Yes, of course, yes. of course. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, now Matt, what? Now tell everyone because this is the first one. Tell everyone a little bit about what the obsessive viewer is. Okay. Well, first of all, my name is Matt. Obsessive viewer. You can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm here with Tiny. Hello. Uh, yes, at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. Basically, the Obsessive Viewer is this blog that I started at ObsessiveViewer.com, where it's just me talking about movies and TV shows because I figured I watch a lot of stuff. I think about a lot of stuff. I pester my friends about a lot of the stuff I watch. Yes, he does. Yes. Yes. So to offset the <laughs> pestering and everything, he has been I knocking on I'd... my door since nine a.m. this morning, ready to record, <laughs> yes. and it is now like three thirty. <laughs> yes, Greg, I have notes about Under the Dome. I need to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of offset that, to make my friends like me a little more, I figured I'd vent my watching habits on the internet for to, so I can annoy everyone on the internet. Such a great millennial. So. My views deserve to be shared with the world. <laughs> yes. I mean, must be heard. Yes. yes, it is a sign of the times. It is a least. sign of the times. <laughs> yeah. uh. Now, uh, Tiny is the other co-host, or he is the other um, contributor to the Obsessive Viewer, and him and Matt are childhood friends, both yes. from the Great Speedway, Indiana. Yes, oh, Speedway. Yes. Wonderful Speedway, and they have been good friends for a very long time. And mm. so now, Tiny, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you plan on doing with the Obsessive Viewer? Well, what I plan on doing is as little as possible. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of Matt's baby, but I, I figured, you know, Matt and I are pretty much the same person. We, yeah. we do the same thing. We watch the same shows, watch the same movies. Yes. And the same were, females through windows. Oh, of course. Yes. <laughs> of course, yes. 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 We believe in sharing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can but basically, whenever we get together, this is pretty much what we do is just talk about movies and TV shows and so this is basically natural for us, and this is kind of what we do. So exactly, yeah. You're just looking at uh, you know covering the things you're interested in, and mm-hmm. you know seeing if other people think the same way you do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if they don't, let us know. Yeah, and <laughs> I have to say, I um, I am a fan of the Obsessive Viewer. I read it. Oh, thank you. I have it actually RSSed. Nice. I have it RSSed. Thank you. And you oh, are you are growing. <laughs> no, it is it is it is growing and is a very flourishing yeah. website. It is a flourishing website. Yeah, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah, you're doing yeah. well. You're doing yeah. well. So I think this is a, just a natural extension of that. Yeah, I've I've always been a huge fan of podcasts. I mean, I listen to the Nerdist religiously, and I've heard you on We Are Libertarians. I'm sorry. Every- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great, and uh, you know all that. And I just I just love podcasts because I work nights, and I either spend my night reading. Uh, writing about stuff I'm watching or I'm listening to stuff, listening to podcasts. So it's it's all it's all really nice for if you have a lot of downtime, which I do. <laughs> yes, it does. Essentially, if you are a friendless loser in your basement, you're going to love this show. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is right. We will be your friends. Absolutely. <laughs> we will be your friends. And I actually met Matt and Tiny. Um, let's see. I met them through both of their brothers. I'm good mm-hmm. friends with m- both of their brothers. Or I was good friends with Matt's brother until he became a cop, and then I shot him. <laughs> yes. um, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. I mean, um, and then I'm... Uh, Tiny's brother, Al, is actually, I think we are going to be roommates in the near future going forward. So, well, Unfortunately, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But yeah, and then I met both of them through um, through their brothers and found out we had a lot in common. I am, uh, I am not as well versed in movies and media, but I enjoy them a lot. Um, so I thought, yeah. I thought that they'd be great, and I can't wait to see where this goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for all of this. It's it's very new and exciting. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. And for anyone listening, um, we actually do this show out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, so if you are one of the maybe not yet international listeners or millions and millions <laughs> of domestic <laughs> listeners, just know that we're here and we're thinking about you. Yes, always. Yes. Um, now, Matt, let's go ahead and let's get started with the topics for this week. All right. Well, first, guys, I just want to. Uh, 
ask what what are you guys watching? Um, what movies, TV, anything? What 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 is on your screens? Um, for right now, um, I'm kind of doing a my first watch through of Fringe right now. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's been off the air for a year, but I mm-hmm. never watched any of it. Um, it's the beauty of when Netflix. It was on the air. Exactly. Yeah. So I've been going through it on Netflix. I'm on the last season now. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, you can tell that when they started it, it started in 2008, I think. And you could tell they were really going for like the hardcore sci-fi nerd nice. fans. Like they were trying to have their own lost. Cause I think it's, mm-hmm. it's on, it was on Fox. Okay. Yeah. And so they were really going for like the lost crowd, you know, that they had, it, by the way, we're going to mention lost at least once every single episode. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah get we're used obsessed to with it. So I, that's I, I can't help but compare the show to Lost. Um, nice, and, and also you know it has the same producers. It has J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams producing it, and it's a lot of similar writers. Um, and so I, I can't help but compare it to Lost, even though they're fairly different shows. Fringe is more. Um, Why don't you fill everybody know. in kind of what Fringe is exactly? Fringe is basically it's a sci-fi show, and basically it involves a department of the FBI who investigates uh, basically paranormal phenomenon and science fiction phenomenon stuff like that just strange strange occurrences that can't really be explained and uh they uh the main character is an fbi agent who she gets a uh this is where it's a little far-fetched but all sci-fi is far-fetched but she Mm -hmm. gets a uh uh, a famous well not a famous but a a really smart doctor out of a a mental institution and she uses him to kind of investigate all the sciencey side of the of the investigations and it goes from there and it's really it's really interesting it's kind of the overarching storyline of the whole series is about another um a parallel universe so Uh all all you have to say is parallel universe and nerds come running oh gosh yeah like i'm there and it's great so (laughs) i literally i'm in a parallel universe (laughs) (laughs) in a parallel universe i'm watching fringe right now yes um (laughs) fringe is watching you yes (laughs) uh yeah i haven't watched fringe yet and i have it planned like it's number four Six on my Netflix queue. Nerd. Um. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so what is, what is the number when on your Netflix queue? Netflix queue when you are a nerd. What is it? Uh, unlimited, really. Is it unlimited? Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. If you know what it is, uh, you're definitely a nerd. That's all. Exactly what you have. You know what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I can't help but compare it to Lost, and the I think the the characters are really good in the show, but you know that's that that was the strength of lost is the the characters and i think they were the driving force not the mystery right. like everyone seems to get hung right on, but and yeah. so yeah like uh, the, the characters aren't as they're 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 good characters but they're just not as well developed as the characters on lost okay. so i don't relate to them as much but i think they're really well they're they're really well done and uh the story is just really cool i mean awesome. parallel universe is amazing to think about and it's it really twists your mind around and everything so it's it's a fun show and I'm looking forward to seeing how it all ends. And is it only one season? Is that or no? It's actually five seasons. Okay, it's five seasons. Yeah. So they've had okay. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Does the uh, quality ever has the quality? You said that you were on the last uh, the last season. Has the quality dipped at all? Has it faltered at all? Um, not really. I mean, it's okay. it's pretty. It's been pretty par the whole okay. through all five seasons. Nice. Um, it's good. Yeah, and especially uh, John Noble is especially the strong. Strong character. I'm surprised he was never nominated for any awards. Well, I think really? he had some smaller awards, but never like an Emmy or a Golden Globe. Yeah, they kind of. I yeah. I get the feeling like they kind of they shun the the more kind of the niche genres right. like like sci-fi and kind of it's it's more. And I think they they struggled with ratings for a long time too. Right. Yeah. And they uh, yeah. So it's it's a shame, but you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll, uh, once I finish it, I'll update you guys. Uh, Sweet, what I think, so. yeah, I'll start it soon too. Probably, I I've got a lot of irons in the fire. <laughs> Matt, what, Matt, what are you watching right now? Uh, as far as TV shows go, we can get to movies here in a bit. But um, let's see, I've I've watched uh, The West Wing, which we'll we'll get. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah. yes, Greg. Music to my ears. After years <laughs> of pestering from Greg oh, and yes. Tiny and, oh, yeah. and, and physical several threats. of our friends, physical yes. threats oh, yes. more so oh, yes. than pestering. Like I woke up with the this horse head in my bed. It was yes. weird. <laughs> I'm very Italian <laughs> when I deal with people. <laughs> yes. Um, Actually, it was just it was just a file. Like it was marked with the seal of the president, just in it with blood. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And uh, I mean, now we have one listener in the NSA. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Chuck nice. listed after 10 minutes. All yes. right. Uh, <laughs> Bomb terrorism Al-Qaeda. Now, now we're on the radar. Nice. Uh, maybe they can bring back uh, happy endings then. But, um, <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, this but I'm got watching filthy fast. <laughs> the show Happy Endings. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Oh, wow. my fault. Uh, no, I don't want to alienate too many listeners yeah. just yet. So I'm talking about the ABC show. I mean, after all, Andy. this is for picking up chicks. You know? Oh, of course. Oh, That's yeah. why you podcast in the afternoons oh. on Saturdays in a dark room. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Picking up yeah. chicks. Just when I started a blog, it was just crazy because, I mean, so many just women just were flocking at me. Like, I think Allison Bree's still blowing up my phone. Is she? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> I've been watching the West Wing, um, three seasons in. We'll get more into talking about the West Wing when we get back uh, to our main topic. But it's been very good so far. I'm a little nervous about getting going into season four, knowing that it's uh, Sorkin's last season. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm really liking the way season three in particular, obviously season three, um, the way that that like world events has in, had informed the writing of the series because there's thematic elements throughout the throughout the third season that are directly influenced by 9/11 and 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 the terrorist threat like there's a running uh plot line involving Bartlett and 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 the whole uh terrorism scare of everything um and it's it's just really interesting to see that depicted on in in a fictional manner like so soon after um it happened yeah they ver- they really let that become a big role in the show mm-hmm. after 9-11 they even did that um i think it's the first episode of season three where they did a 9-11 show yeah uh, isaac and ishmael isaac and ishmael mm-hmm. it wasn't in actually in line with like the storyline yeah it wasn't but, yeah. canon my i thought it was i thought i thought that was almost a show that should be shown in every high school in america it was Absolutely. amazing oh, yeah. it was a really great um representation of what what exactly Al Qaeda is because it's so mm. sensationalized in the news. You, everyone yeah. thinks they're like behind every door. Exactly. Yeah. And it also featured a young, uh, the actor who played the guy in Sex Drive. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of funny seeing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, kind of complete 180 from West Wing. I've been, <laughs> I've been watching uh, Dawson's Creek just oh oh on a whim. Just I. I oh, Joey, <laughs> Joey, Joey, Joey. <laughs> Well, I can't really, I can't really rationalize. I can't, I can't defend it because it's absolute trash. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, 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 it's interesting at the start because <laughs> Dawson. <laughs> I, <laughs> Tread carefully. In the, in the first, in the first few episodes, Dawson is actually an interesting character. He's, I can't stand him. I, I really, I'm just not a fan of that character at all. Like he's the most, he's one of the most annoying characters on on TV. But it's just interesting to see the concept of it being him being a film buff that's that's just obsessed with movies and he he views his life as a movie. So it's it's almost like if it wasn't a WB nighttime soap opera for teens, it could have been an interesting way to see his viewpoint change between like realism and and movies. But it is a WB late night soap for teens, so it's yeah. a lot of just trash and and just really just kind of. It's it's fun to watch. I've been like before before all this. I uh, I watched Bates Motel, which was the uh, the I'm, I'm calling it the pre imagining. I just air quoted for the listeners. Um, <laughs> we have got to get you a webcam. I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about all it. that production <laughs> value. The listeners are missing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So uh, I just gave Greg the finger. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, I was watching Bates Motel, the pre-imagining of of, of Psycho from uh, Carlton Cuse and uh, Carrie Aaron uh, from from Friday Night Lights, and like that show is amazing. I holy amazing it might be a stretch. It's really interesting to see it because it's they 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 have they have characters that are really interesting, and I'm ex- anxious to see where it goes because it's not a strict uh, any. It's not strictly tied to Psycho. It's just the character of Norman Bates, but. So going into Dawson's Creek, once I got bored with the the Dawson's obsessed with movies and he he equates movies with his life, um, I just started thinking, 
I'm going to view Dawson as a budding serial killer in Dawson's Creek and go <laughs> See, I would have watched. If that's <laughs> yeah, where exactly. it was, you know. And he does things that are like like borderline kind of psychotic. Like he's he's kind of he's he's kind of a D-bag. Um like they <laughs> Or dump what didn't he uh, dump Joey for Michelle Williams? Yeah, I mean that's psychotic. It was yeah, oh yeah. (laughs) Well, um, I am also a Michelle Williams fanboy. Like her acting is like, and I would have never guessed uh, back when Dawson's Creek was on that Michelle Williams would be like the one that would like go and like be like a really good actress because Take This Waltz, My Week with Marilyn, um. Any other movies? Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback yeah, Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. She's yeah. just got a ton of them. Oh, That's she's great. amazing. Um, she's one of the best actresses working right now. In absolutely. My she's fantastic. Within the next five years, she's going to win an Oscar. I'm, I'm, I can guarantee it. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, she's going to win an Oscar and then uh, Jiggle. So that, that, that's, what, that's the role that Dawson's Creek played, was giving us Michelle Williams. Yes, yes. Well, focus you, on that. You know, though, <laughs> I mean, Katie Holmes has had an arguably good career. Not great. She has, good. yeah. Um, and then Joshua Jackson. He mm-hmm. is, he hasn't. It's on ha- fringe. Yeah. He's, I, I think he's actually a really underrated actor. He has a, he has a lot of charisma. I, yeah. I, I like him. Yeah, right. he's more movie yeah. star than he is actor. Yeah, Charlie yeah. Conway. And then, is that his name? Charlie, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Um, <laughs> and best then, role ever. And <laughs> yes. then, like, Vanderbeek, he's really tailed off. Like, it actually, yeah. like, Dawson's Creek and then Varsity Blues killed him. Like, those two yeah. things. Just, yeah. He can't, he can't be anything else. Right, <laughs> right. Yep. Like, he yeah. plays uh, on oh, Franklin and Bash. He plays uh, one of their brothers. And oh, whenever really? he comes on, I'm just like, oh, it's Jonathan Moxon. You know, you never don't see him as that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I tend to like him when I see him, though. Oh, so do I. Yeah, I don't yeah, dislike good. James Vanderbeek. Right, he did a know? good uh, guest spot on um, How I Met Your Mother, where he played this uh, this ex flame of Robin Scherbatsky. Oh yeah, and he like he's just <laughs> this like out of shape guy with a horrible balding and all that stuff. And he works at like a water park, and he's just kind of and he like uh, Robin says that she's she's an anchor at a, at a news station and he's like oh wow okay like he he's he's not impressed at all and it's just it's he plays it really well <laughs> yeah that's, that was really funny to see him do that yeah uh, um, so it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate then as far as watching wise i always have a lot that's on my true. plate <laughs> yeah. that's true. That's really. like i have yeah we uh, like i have just plans for what i'm going to like i'm planning i need to i need to start rewatching breaking bad before the last episode's there and then i also kind of want to rewatch uh season 3 of boardwalk empire before that starts up again because it's a really complex plot and then i also want to watch the newsroom again and then i also have uh, luther i want to check out and uh a bunch of a bunch of shows so it's it's you know it's it's tough to be me. It's, yes, it's tough to be me. <laughs> it sounds like we need to start like a uh, a date mat contact form on the obsessive viewer. Just, yes, just, yes. Just so you have some balance. Just so you have some balance. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. it's not surprising. I'm pretty available, ladies. Oh, <laughs> um, um, yeah. Well, uh, now you don't watch Mad Men, and I know. You know, Tiny does. I used to. You really. don't. You oh. stop. I haven't watched this season. I, wow. I, I didn't realize that you stopped. Yeah, okay. This, is, this has been one of the better seasons. Really? I will say that. This has been okay. a resurgence in the show, but it had gotten very bad last year. Yeah. And But this, I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. And it has been it has been incredibly shocking where they've taken characters. Really? They have really? they have made Don Draper where you even though you disliked the way he acted you still pulled for Don Draper mm-hmm. and now you literally hate Don Draper wow and that is really? just he was really the only quite frankly well there were parts of there were some characters that had redeeming qualities some of mm-hmm. them did but the, you, there was a little bit you hated in every single character exactly. on the show well Don it was more you really liked him and you were just willing to shrug off the bad things he did right. Now is he? You, he is despicable, like oh, really? absolutely despicable, and huh. I don't know how they're gonna. I don't know what is going to be the thing that pulls it through because he, for me, was the only thing I really enjoyed. And then Roger Sterling, uh-huh. that John Slattery plays, just right. his um, his overt uh, sexist, um, yeah, yeah, humor really yeah. really rung true with me. Yes. <laughs> uh, he's an amazing actor too. Oh, Slattery, he is. Yeah. He was in a few episodes of the new episodes of Arrested Development that were on Netflix and yeah, he's, he's funny, yeah, man. he's just a, he's just awesome. He's got a lot of range. He yeah. it's yeah, he can cuz like to me he just looks like he would be a great politician in any movie. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. You know, but then that. at the same time he's funny, he's witty, and he's, mm-hmm. he can do absolutely every every role. Wow. He's awesome, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think once Mad Men ends I'm going to just watch the whole thing again and just see yeah. if it all if it all ties together well if you watch it in you know in bulk that way. It's really the way it's developing is that Don is turning uh and actually 
Chris Bangle, a good buddy of mine, we were talking about this that I do We Are Libertarians with. We were talking about how he's turning into his dad or the guy oh, that wow. was like his father. And so he's hmm. becoming the person he hated most. Jeez, that's scary. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, should we get on to actually talking about yeah, actually, this show? Uh, yeah, I think uh, – yeah, well, first, did anyone else want to say anything else about what they're watching? Um, no, I watched Looper the other day. Mm, good God, movie. I love that movie. It's great. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people, a lot, I think a lot of people liked it, but a lot of people didn't, too. It kind of had a 50-50 that response. That goes hand-in-hand with time travel movies, I think. Right, that's yeah. true. But. You know, it didn't ring. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie, but I it didn't it. hit me like, it didn't just absolutely grab me when I watched mm, it in theater. Really? I'm not sure why, because I love interesting. every because that was, um, um, who was the producer and director? Um Ryan Johnson. Ryan yeah. Johnson. Yeah, he's the writer director of it. Yeah, and he's he's great. Yeah. I mean, he's fantastic, mm-hmm. but it just didn't quite hook me and I don't know what it was, but I mean Joseph Gordon Levitt's he really uh, should have won something. Yeah. Magnetic. Uh, he's yeah. gonna be fantastic. He's he, gonna and be, he's always been. Yeah. yeah. He has oh, yeah. always been. He's gonna be he's gonna be the best actor when Michelle Williams gets her best actress. Yeah. yeah. Oscar. Absolutely. <laughs> Like he yeah. he was even the I don't know if you guys watched that one where he was a delivery man in New York speed was it called oh, oh, premium, premium rush, premium rush. yeah he uh, made that watchable well he he was he was he's charming in it because he's he's a charming guy but then Michael Shannon it oh was just, he was yeah. amazing he probably should have got nominated for that <laughs> no 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 yeah. he no oh, I think so he, no that was fun because he like he's he's amazing in um in boardwalk empire and i'm sure that he kills it in uh uh man of steel no pun intended but um or whatever but he uh he he just it was amazing to watch him earn a paycheck because it was like he was clearly over the top. Oh, that's what I loved. Yeah, I mean it was amazing. <laughs> it, it was it elevated the movie for me. Yeah. If he would have played it straight, I would have been like, "Wow, okay." They, they thought there was something salvageable. I'm going to judge him for his choice in trying to make it work. <laughs> but no, it's clear that he knows to do that. So yeah, yeah. I guess I see. I just thought it as him, like because really, if that cop isn't just crazy and a total degenerate. That movie's awful. No, oh, yeah. you know, but I, I totally that's the agree. only thing that kept me in it was this guy. I freaking hated going after this guy. I really Joseph Gordon Levitt was great, but you didn't actually really pull for him at all, right? Yeah, you know, what do I care? He's a freaking deliverer, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, without, yeah, and it, he doesn't use brakes. Yeah, yeah. it made me it made me hate bicycle couriers, and I don't live in a city that has bicycle couriers or that prevalent. At least I don't know if Indianapolis has that, but it just made me hate him. So yeah. Hmm. So that's good. <laughs> well, so, there we uh, go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, shall we move on to our next topic? Absolutely. We should absolutely. All right. Well, um, today I think we're going to discuss uh, politics and television. How politics are depicted in television. How they're fictionalized. How they're even even as we said with the West Wing with Isaac and Ishmael in their season three uh, non episode. I guess even uh, well, even though that wasn't even truthful, but just how they're how they're depicted. So, uh, uh, what well, can you, we? S- you mean you as far as like. Um, the role that the the media plays in as far as like shaping politics or as just representing what politics is actually like um i would say politics how politics are depicted in, on in media in in fictional television and how they're how they're tweaked and how they're how they're changed how they're um just how they're presented to an audience that consumes their media in narrative form and not necessarily like current events or anything okay yeah right so the best place to start is probably the west wing because yeah you know, it's that's the uh, what that show's about really right you know um i had a, a uh, i had a thought that the west wing that like mad men was kind of the west wing of the west wing without the politics because they just talk all the time <laughs> but they do anyway sure, yeah. yeah but and brood the a lot wing, there's a lot of brooding yeah, yeah. But the West Wing is just—it's compelling and it's just right, amazing. So it will yeah. take even the non-political watcher and and uh, get them interested me at least right mildly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, me right here. I'm not—I'm not a political person. I don't—I—I—I I, I don't dive into politics the way that other people do because I'm an obsessive viewer. And if I dive into something, I—I I go all in and I, it would just consume my life. So I, I mean I listen to things and I, I I know certain things but it's just it just doesn't interest me mostly because it's just a toxic kind of totally uh, but see yeah. the, the West Wing was one thing where I thought for the first time I saw something where it was the like the platonic ideal 
of what an administration, what politics should look like. Yes, mm-hmm. it was very. It was idealized. incredibly smart people, like mm-hmm. incredibly, right. incredibly smart. An incredible, a Nobel Prize winning economist president, yeah. <laughs> which it would be almost unfathomable to yeah. imagine. Yeah. Um, who is also folksy and charming, mm-hmm. and I mean everything. It's a pipe dream. It is. It, is. it really is. And everyone there is is almost. I mean, there's. They still play politics, obviously. Yeah. They're always yeah. going to. But that show really downplayed the politics of it and almost made – put every policy on trial. Mm-hmm. You know, it really – I thought they really tried to put policy on trial and then show that people that work there are the ideal. Whereas from what I hear from House of Cards, it's actually what politics is like. Right. <laughs> is yeah. scheming, blackmail, backdoor <laughs> deals. Oh, yeah. See, that's, that's why I think Josh Lyman was my favorite character in that show because yep. he's really – He's really like the fulcrum of all political action in that show. Because mm-hmm. if you look at if you look at the other characters like C.J. Craig and Toby and and uh, you know the other characters, Sam Seaborn, Sam Seaborn, yeah, they just they write speeches and they're the press and stuff like that. But Josh Lyman, he is he is essentially a broker for the administration's political capital. That's basically what he yeah. does. He just. He just dictates. He balances how, the books of yeah, political basically. capital. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so that that's it's so interesting to watch him because that's what he does. He's he's the president's political voice on the hill, and that's I think that's why he's kind of the you know the focal point or the fulcrum of of how politics plays out in that whole show. Yeah, in that whole show. Yeah. Excuse me. And played by Bradley Whitford. I mean, oh. he's just he's just an incredible actor. Absolutely. And he plays it so incredibly well. He does everything really well. Mm-hmm. And he just he really shines in the West Wing. Like it it makes you just respect respect his acting process and the fact that he can keep up with Sorkin's like everyone on the show can keep up with Sorkin's dialogue and everything, but it's like it's almost like he's he he embraces it in such a way that it's 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 like it's, he was made to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So, so. Sorkin should just be his brain in real life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. I, I I often wish that was the case with me too. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And another part of the show that I that I thought was interesting, I can't remember which season it is, but at one point it, it was kind of a kind of a prophetic point in the show because at one point the uh the congress and you know the president they're trying to they're trying to pass a budget and if you know anything about current politics they haven't the, the federal government hasn't passed a budget in like five or six five years, years yep. like that and so i think that that episode aired before all that started happening in real life and it was it was after though the shutdown with clinton and gingrich was it in okay. the 90s that's what was the storyline that was the inspiration yeah for it, that was the inspiration okay. for it. but they you know brokered they actually got a deal done right. whereas in the show it's like we're shutting it down right see that's yeah. what i loved about that episode it's it shows you the what kind of the worst case scenario almost and mm-hmm. and i really that's why i love that episode because it's it makes you feel a little bit better about where we are in real life because at, right. least, at least our government wasn't shut down at any yeah. point. People were still getting their social security checks. Would that be bad? <laughs> <laughs> hey, libertarian, bad? calm yeah, down. Calm down, down over there. Calm down. I'm sorry, I had to. I had to kick off the We Are Libertarians podcast. Yes. Um, oh, and so, Greg, you mentioned uh, House of Cards, and I know you haven't watched it yet. I haven't yet, watched it, but, but I've heard a ton about it. It's... Oh. It's. I've said this before on my blog and just at random people on the street, but right now Breaking Bad is the best show on TV. When it ends, I I have pretty much Boardwalk Empire as the second in, in line to replace it as best show on TV for me. But just after one season of House of Cards, um, it's like that just catapults it for me. Like it could be the best show on TV. And what's crazy about it is that it's not even on conventional television because it's exclusive to Netflix. So it's it's just it's just an interesting interesting uh, beast in of of television I guess. I agree. And, I, I think yeah. it, don't you think it shows a lot at the decay in quality? And I know you get on me because I I am the one that says if it's on network it can't be good. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's just my. Is it on a network <laughs> channel that I'm not watching because I know it'll be crap? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like the West Wing was of such quality, such yeah. quality writing. Oh yeah. I mean. That in that um, the two cathedrals episode where yes. Sorkin has President Bartlett speak in Latin, I that would it, get laughed out of the room now if oh, yeah. you wouldn't pitch that to ABC, NBC, any of those shows. Uh, and oh, yeah. so it, it's a shame that all you can do is get House of Cards on a on Netflix. Yeah, right. You know, I, you could never get that on a regular television. I I, I would oh, yeah. doubt. I don't think uh, even it's, cable uh, it would be tough. I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be maybe on maybe on HBO premium service like just which is. 
basically what Netflix is trying to become is the next HBO or Showtime. Right. Um, yeah, and I agree, and it's it's something that's that's just interesting to watch happen the growth of television uh, out of the box pretty much mm-hmm. because you can watch i watched um house of cards at the gym on the treadmill and i i contributed to the viewing stats of it by right. watching it on my phone on a treadmill at the gym and it's just insane to think that way because with nielsen nielsen ratings are so so old fashioned in their collection antiquated techniques. so horribly Un, like shouldn't exist now. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it's all based on essentially they look at a few indicators and then yep. use sampling data to fill out the rest of the stats. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not an, even an accurate representation. Not at all. Mm-mm. One guy falls asleep, watches, falls asleep watching uh, CBS, and suddenly Two and a Half Men is the greatest show ever. Well, yeah, because <laughs> it could be just yeah. that one guy is a signal that probably forty five percent of the people in his area are watching. Exactly. Yeah, that's like that's, even though yeah. he's sound asleep, it's ludicrous, and he's probably exactly. on the internet watching YouTube cat videos yeah. while yep. it's on in the background. It <laughs> yeah. stays on. Yeah, maybe that's what network TVs become: background music. Oh, it's the elevator music of our era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but one of the one of the aspects of House of Cards, as far as politics goes, that I really liked was um, kind of th- the way I put it is the perceived role, meaning kind of how how we think politicians work versus versus what they actually do. And I think the show illustrates that really well because at one point in the show, uh, the main character Frank Underwood, played by Kevin Spacey, he's the majority whip, and so he has a really important role in Congress. But it's funny to see when he tries to he tries to write he writes a bill and presents a bill, and basically he has like seven or eight staffers crammed into a room for a week straight, and they write the bill. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. He literally does almost nothing as far as writing the bill goes. And they throughout the episode they just show him popping in this room where all these like twenty five year olds are. You know they have their ties undone and they're like sweating and they smell horrible because they've yep. been crammed in a <laughs> room for a week writing this ridiculous bill and it's. You know, most people don't realize that that's that's pretty realistic. Oh, that's, it's your it's your recent law school graduate. Yeah, you, know, you go and you work in D.C. and well, yeah, I can just I can just throw some language in there. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. No wonder they pass bills we don't know what's in them. Like, yeah, they're twenty five year old interns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, that's I just thought that was really important to show because I don't think people realize that and what people don't people don't really know that what you know Congress members spend most of their time doing is raising money. Yeah, they're out of the office, raising, making calls, raising money. That's what they do with most of their time. Yeah, and I think that's that that part of the show kind of illustrated how detached they are from yeah. from actual legislation, which is what their job is supposed to be. So that that's one thing I I really appreciated about the show was its realism. Yeah, and it's uh and it's just a f- fantastic show. If you if you're listening and you haven't watched it yet, you should and you have Netflix, you should definitely check it out. It'll um, make you though probably lose all hope in the political process. Yeah. Oh, probably. It's yeah. dark. It is yeah. dark in a yeah. in a beautiful way. It's dark. <laughs> yes. In, in, a, it, in the truth, it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the coin, with politics and TV, we have stuff like like when Twenty Four was on on the air. Um, I mean, they had yeah, they had the. Uh, I, I was back when it was airing. I was a big fanboy for Twenty Four, and then same here, really. Yeah, yeah. and then I realized it was just really popcorn tv and it and it, there's nothing wrong with popcorn tv it's james bond popcorn tv version of it american kind of jingoism kind of thing but what what was funny is that they had political kind of subplots throughout throughout the run of the show and uh like in season 2 one thing that struck me as funny as hilarious actually while I was watching the west I was watching the west wing and they they invented a, a country um, uh, Kumar. Kumar. Kumar, the yeah. women of Kumar. Yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, you like... hate that episode. It's about women's rights, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and we just lost a hundred viewers. And there we go. Yeah, I'm still single, ladies. Um, <laughs> so, but the, so they they went to the trouble of inventing thing and uh, inventing a country, and they eventually did that on 24 of the later seasons, I believe. But in season two, it just I, I was just cracking up to myself because season two there was a new whole plot with a nuke and then they're like okay this very serious very serious political subplot with the uh, uh, dennis haysbert's david palmer um 
He's he's What's talking an insurance to his. Uh, have to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no wonder there's a nuke in the yeah. country. We got an insurance. We got an insurance guy. You know how easy it is to get an insurance license. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. So he's uh, so he's talking to his advisors, and they're like, "This is the guy that's responsible for the nuke. His name is Syed Al- Syed, Al- Syed Ali, and uh, he's he was funded he was funded from um, people from, and then they just hand him files, and every time this the country is. Is referenced. They say he's he was funded by these three countries, holding handing them files. Like it's just two people in a room saying these three countries. It's like just invent a country. It's just <laughs> and they, then, they, tr- they tried too hard to, to to you know like toe the line. Yeah, they yeah. To, they, they tried to. It was it was like they were trying to bring in realism so that so that what it wasn't a big disconnect for the audience. Wow. So you mean they when, were afraid to actually say it was three Middle Eastern countries? Exactly. Yeah, well, no, they actually said Middle Eastern countries. They were afraid to name any countries instead of... And oh, I, instead of making one up like Kumar. Yeah, right. I would assume yeah. that I would assume that they didn't want to compromise the realism of it. And we're talking about... This is a show that had Jack, like, what was it, maybe five miles away from a nuclear explosion. <laughs> yeah. And he's uh, he's just watching it like, okay, cool, let's go. And then while he's, sun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And while he's and then his daughter is getting trapped by uh, uh, she's running yeah, she's getting trapped by a cougar Jeez. and then running through running into Johnny Drama. Johnny um, Drama baby. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, yes. Entourage. Don't Great get calves. me started. Yeah, Great calves. Uh, <laughs> For the record, I'm not a big Entourage fan. No. Yeah, it's, it had its moments. He hates America. Did it? <laughs> Did it have its moments? <laughs> uh, uh, Ari Gold in the first season was epic. Yeah. He uh, redefined prick. I was, yeah. He really yeah. did. A likable prick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched I watched it for a while, but then, like 24, I just, I just stopped. Um, <laughs> although I did follow 24 through to the end. What about but, uh, that's funny too though that they're so hesitant to actually name you know a real country yeah and then but then do um, you remember the Red Dawn remake earlier this year yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet but the, that's North Korea yeah but the script was originally China, China. right yeah. and then China they, got they had to change it because they mad. came over and got angry and so they got the right. they actually got it changed and I was like that's that's ridiculous yeah yeah one North Korea like that got uh, Kim Jong Un. Like, he, all he is is a meme on the internet. It's like, yeah, can yeah. I eat this? <laughs> like, I mean, like, how are you supposed to take that seriously? Right. And Red Dawn, you just ruin a remake, which could have been very solid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm a big fan of the original because it's in uh, all its cheesiness and, and it's Patriotism. just fun. Yeah, it's yeah. just fun to watch. Um, yeah. yeah. They pulled it off the way that it should have been. They did. That's, yeah. that's how the original is in my eyes. Yeah. 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 And uh, next with the, with the talk of politics on TV is uh, The Wire. Oh, the I know, wire. Greg. You haven't watched it yet, but oh, the wire. me and Tiny, we watched it. We watched it together. Actually, our first time watching it was like together. It, it was, was a sexual amazing. experience. We held hands. For yes, it was very. Yes. They lost their virginity watching <laughs> the wire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was. It was. It's. It's amazing, and like I know, uh, it, there's politics, like kind of a city city politics kind of in it. Um, right. Well, each you know each each season of that show kind of has its own theme. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the first season's kind of about the police. Second season's kind of about dock workers, mm-hmm. and the third season's really about kind of local politics. And it all kind of focuses around this local politician running for mayor named Tom Tommy Carcetti. And unfortunately, he was the, the character, the actor who played him was a little annoying. He just kind of had some strange mannerisms. He so did, he but kinda, he went on to to be Littlefinger and. Game of Thrones. Yeah, see, so and I think that right. that role plays to his strengths. I think absolutely. I, th- I think he's much better in that role. But yeah, as as the you know prospective mayor of Baltimore, he was a little bit annoying, and I think that kind of overshadows how how accurate that role was. Um, what what was so interesting to me about that is he 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 was in a primary race to become the Democratic nomination for mayor of Baltimore, and he ends up spoiler alert he ends up winning the primary. And they treat him like he's already the mayor. And the reason is because Baltimore is so democratic yeah. that uh, they don't even have Republican – they don't even have Republicans run. I mean it's just he's, – he's like – he's basically a de facto mayor before the election even happens. And I thought that was – it was kind of disturbing to see it really because it's like that just doesn't inspire – You know, how, how does anything get done if there's no competition? You know, There has to be – 
I don't know. I just it, you it was, know major like major a, cities are almost all like that though. And that's, that's true. That, that yeah. is that's yeah. that's Chicago. That's Detroit. That's New York. I yeah. mean, Bloomberg's the rare and Giuliani. However, they do it. Right. They're amazing. But major cities usually don't have Republican well, governors. Not even really a Republican. When you no, think about it, no. But, I mean, ban soda. Yeah. I mean, what? Ban yeah. everything. Really, I hate him. <laughs> I hate Nanny Bloomberg. Uh. <laughs> so, but I just, I thought I found that really interesting and just. You know, again, it's it's realistic. Um, it is, it, but but yeah, it was it was kind of it was interesting to see it. Um, and then also, I mentioned earlier about you know fundraising, how that's really what politicians spend a lot of their time doing, and and again, they focused on that in the wire. There's there's an episode where Tommy Carcetti is basically forced by his staffers. They're like, no, get in there and make calls. So you can raise money. Yeah, you know, individuals can only donate like two thousand bucks or something. So yep. he's in there just making these cold calls, and he just he just gets overwhelmed. And by the end of it, he's just totally dejected, and he he's he's sad and stuff. So yeah. I found again that's I, I like seeing that kind of realism in uh, in politics and television because you don't really get it from the press, you know. Yeah, it's right. it's very protected the backroom nature of it. Yeah, right? it yeah. really is. It really is. Now, Matt, what did you like about The Wire? The Wire is just like I like I said, I'm not a big fan of politics or anything, but I, I enjoyed the I was I was in I was intrigued and and really uh, really interested in the the city politics and all that. But I just I just think The Wire is, and I say this all the time, that The Wire is a 60 chapter visual novel that's all about the death of the American city, the the kind of the the inner city struggles of of so like urban so, decay urban decay yes yeah and it's it's just it's just a fascinating fascinating uh fascinating and real look into into the problems like they basically they they spend time addressing the problems that are facing the cities they they talk about the things that are trying to work toward uh toward getting them fixed why those things aren't working and what should be done to to fix them and it's just it's just an interesting very interesting and, and it sounds pretentious to say this but it is it is there's no no other show on TV that's like it like right. there's it's in, unique I, yes it's very unique and i honestly i don't see anything achieving what the wire achieved again i i think it was just it was just a, an amazing an amazing series it's well one of a kind really since you're yeah. speaking so highly of it let's play a little yes. sophie's choice but it'll be matt's choice <laughs> since essentially the wire and lost are like your two children Ooh. you have to pick one one lives one Ooh. goes to the nazis matt Jeez. which one is it gonna be uh i'd have to uh <laughs> okay to preface this lost is like the boy or girl i <laughs> <laughs> I I love Lost so much. Like it's I don't know. I I loved it and I I know that I'll probably lose listeners here if I say this, but I I loved the finale. The finale is perfect to me. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's it's just I don't see how people can get so str- so so fixated on the mystery of it and everything, which they and and they talk about how there's unanswered questions by the end of the series. They they answered everything everything pretty well. The things that they didn't answer, uh, you can infer the answers from. You can you can basically put them together yourself. And I understand that people think that they shouldn't they shouldn't do that. But first and foremost, Lost is about the characters. The characters were developed incredibly well, and that's why I would say that the Wire would probably go to the Nazis because. Wow. Yeah yeah wow. because and let me just say a. Because I have a stronger emotional connection to the characters of Lost, and I would feel like I'm giving—I'm literally giving up like people that are close to me. And two, I just know that uh, um, the wire will be okay. The wire, or <laughs> <laughs> Birkenau. I just—he'll be—he's a tough, <laughs> he's a tough kid. I just know that <laughs> I just know that Omar on the wire would take care of the Nazis for everyone. <laughs> yeah, there there you so go. you know, I do a pretty yeah. good wow. Omar for the wire. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually uh, pick the—I'd be, I'd be the opposite. I, 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 and I would not. Disparage your choice at all? I <laughs> I know that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I I love the wire. I think it's the best thing that's ever happened to television. So yeah. I, I would have to pick. And I, I I love Lost almost as much as Matt. No one loves Lost as much as Matt. <laughs> right. But, but I loved it as well. No, and yeah. I mean no one. Not <laughs> even the, the creator. Loves Damon Lindelof has yeah. a restraining order. Yeah. Against yeah. It, so. <laughs> 
Not really. Uh, <laughs> well, we're not yeah. positive. He's never actually told us he doesn't. Right, right. And if, and if you're ever listening to this, Damon, I would love to have you on the podcast. And, um, it won't be weird. It you won't go, be you weird. You'll be remote. You'll be completely yeah. protected. <laughs> you know what's funny, too? I, ha- I haven't ever watched The Wire, but what it sounds like is it shows the Herculean effort of turning a city around. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. a lot of yeah. what it represents? Oh yeah, is right. it, it and, uh, is an absolute nightmare once the a city many, gets to a certain point. Oh yeah, uh-huh. the well, many many pitfalls that that go with it too. It kind of it kind of depicts Baltimore as a lost cause essentially. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and one of the brilliant parts about the show is it's it's all done through subtext. It's not mm-hmm. that's why people when people see it, they think oh this is a cop show or this is a show about mm-hmm. politics. It's not like it's I do. all <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't fit the normal television archetypes that that. Are that are attributed to other TV shows? Like, okay, um, other shows can be this show can be this, this show can be that. Sci- Fringe is a sci-fi show. The Wire is its own entity. It's mm-hmm. it's it's social commentary. That's what it is. Yeah, it's a social commentary. Really, that's, yeah. That's that's the best way to put it. It's and it's it's just brilliance on the screen. That's all it is. Yeah, it's the best way to explain it. Yeah. What do you think about politics' role in the movies lately? Like, have you watched any movies you would say Ooh. that politically have changed how you viewed politics? Um, to um, an extent, I really liked. Um, what was the? Well, I wish I could think of the title. The one was it uh, with George Clooney and Ryan Gosling? Yes, Lights of, uh, of March from yeah. uh, from William Will, William Bowman. Uh, I believe so. Right? Uh, yeah, the guy the guy that does that writes um, House of Cards. That's oh really? Yep. Okay, yeah. cool. I've had that in my stack, like on like I have I have the DVD set aside on my stack because I haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. um, and this is a massive stack too. Um, so yeah, but I haven't seen it. So. so yeah, not to spoil it for Matt, but that right. that movie involves a kind of a backroom deal, yeah. uh, an epic backroom deal as far as politics goes, and it's I think it's actually a pretty standard operating procedure. It, I think so too, and that's what's disturbing yeah. about it. That's that that's what kind of caught my attention with it and also i thought george clooney's character was kind of like an ideal candidate yes because he was he was he was barack br- obama he was brutally honest though <laughs> yeah you know he yeah he was brutally honest that's what i liked about his character and i wish that we could actually have politicians like that he was exciting he was young yeah. and you're like where is this guy's flaw and exactly then, yeah then you see it and yeah. then it's the clinton flaw right <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna definitely have to watch that now yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no, but I, I, I mean, I thought that was pretty accurate. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, what would be an, like another major political movie? Um, I, I really, you know, it's a movie that's not talked about a lot, but I actually liked the L- Syriana. Even oh, though, interesting. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. One? Oh yeah, I thought that another Clooney movie. Yeah, another I haven't Clooney seen movie. that either. That was a really accurate representation of sort of the role of our international organiza- government international government organizations right. in keeping a watch out on like upcoming resource wars and those uh-huh. types of things and I, yeah. that's something that's not covered much in the press uh, you know so many wars are talked about as for political reasons or for right. power grabs or influence in a region when really the biggest concern is always resources i mean always is a yeah. fight for resources and I, that was the first one that really depicted it in that manner Huh. That's yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah. I remember liking it a lot. Yeah, it yeah. was, and he that was when he got hurt, Clooney, like in that scene where they uh, torture him, pulling out his right. fingernails, and he yeah. got that problem oh, wow. with his back, and like he's had the same back problem ever since. Really, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. That was a cool movie. That was a couple of years. I think that got nominated for one or two Oscars. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, but it really didn't get a lot of. It, it had a small box office. Not it enough, did. Not yeah. enough people saw it. That yeah, was, yeah. It wasn't, and then uh, like right after that was the Kingdom. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. the that kingdom was a is really great. Good movie. Gosh, that's a great movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, probably um, Peter Berg's best work in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt would go with Friday Night Lights. Well, he has the movie Friday Night Lights is one of my favorite <laughs> sports movies ever. The show yeah. is a different, different thing. It's Dawson's wow, Creek. Wow, the movie with, uh, Friday Night Lights is one of your favorite. Sports one of my favorite ever. sports movies. Yeah. I can't. I think most of that is attributed to uh, the score from uh, from uh, um, not the score on the not the football score but the, the musical <laughs> yeah. score the musical score is done by a band called uh, explosions in the sky and it's just it's just incredibly incredibly well well fused with the with the with the movie it's really memorable music yeah, yeah. it really is i'm good. having a little bit tor- but it's the one about booby miles right yeah yeah, yeah. yes booby miles <laughs> played by Derek luke yes, yes. Okay. yes. Right. He, was, he was really good in that role he was oh, really yeah. great i liked uh, i liked that character in the movie better than the character on the show 
because he, he yeah. definitely kind of had the similar character in both in both Smash Smash Williams, yeah. <laughs> which he turned out to be a pretty interesting character too. Yeah. But initially, he was he was he was much more off putting than the other. He was he he was Miles less like far less likable. Like that yeah. scene, the scene in Friday Night Lights where Booby goes to the doctor and he like he's he decided like it's shown that he's he's. His uh his knees messed up and he he won't be able to play anymore and he goes to back to the locker room and he's putting on this show like oh yeah what's up uh you know win for me all that like he's he's playing it up like oh yeah you guys are going to do great I'm good or whatever and he cleans out his locker and he goes back to his car and he's he's with his uncle and he starts crying and he's like yeah he's like crying and he's like he because it's literally it's a great. It's a great scene because it's exactly what 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 I love about the movie and what I also liked about the show is that it's about small town a small town that is dominated by this high school football thing that it's like there's so much pressure on these kids right. to play and because it's their only ticket out of this small town um, and at the end of the movie when they show like the little captions of of what all these these guys end up doing like they don't it's it's true I mean it's yeah that was it. a really I, now it's coming back that was really powerful yeah it was, oh, yeah. It was it's really well powerful yeah oh yeah well done yeah yeah so. did you um I was trying to think what the other one was I was going to ask you about oh I feel like it, it's funny everything has taken since really the nineties all politics movies and shows have I feel have gotten dark. Mm, yeah. yeah, dark or mocking, like it makes mm. everyone look stupid. Uh, Pennsylvania, uh, sixteen hundred pin mm-hmm. beep. <laughs> I never saw beep, uh, yeah. beep. They are very. They mock well, everyone. Yeah. Uh, what, what's the one? What was it called? Was it called the the campaign? The campaign. The campaign. <laughs> it was yeah. a mockery. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. And it. I mean, it wasn't a good movie, but there just kind of the bickering that they showed and yeah it was it, you know it's surprisingly realistic yeah. of course it was trumped up because it's a comedy yeah it, you know it wasn't crazy it, was, it like, wasn't as trumped up as it should be because right. it's a it's a sign of the just the vitriol that comes with political discussions in our society these days right i mean the part about that movie that i actually found really hilarious was when they were having that town hall debate oh. and uh zach galifianakis's character had that uh that 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 manifesto that he wrote when he was a kid about oh, Rain- yeah. rainbow land or something yeah. that was hilarious everybody would, that was everything good, yeah. would be free yeah, yeah. communist it just, will, will ferrell was just like it's not real it's fiction that was, yeah. that was hilarious that was like, that was that, that happens oh yeah, you know, yeah. we like laugh at it but that happens oh they you know. go so f- and now i mean it's it's scary because think about us if we ever get to that point they'll have our whole nsa record of every website <laughs> we ever oh visited. yeah absolutely exactly. like do you remember that time matt visited that website where dogs pooped on each other sorry everybody i was disappointed that my dogs didn't make it on the site <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, like a Google search. Why did Matt search for should I beat my wife? <laughs> Does that mean he beat his wife? Or, did, you know, was he just looking for information on Like, one, a mockery of our political leaders because – I don't know if it's because of the movies or because people gradually just distrusted it more. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then I, – I mean, I think it just shows that they – the the it's been exposed that they're no smarter than any other average American. <clears throat> True. And so now they try yeah. to represent him that way. Right. Yep. That's fair, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, let's see. Let's take a little look. Yeah, let's do a little yeah. wrap-up. Since it is now, you have been listening to the first podcast for 54 minutes, Ooh, nice. if you're still with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, what we'll do at the end is just kind of everyone do a little roundtable, talk about yeah. what's coming up this week, what you're excited about, any movies coming out, any mm-hmm. shows premiering, and um, Matt, you go ahead and kick us off. Well, um, I, I still, I'm excited to go see uh, This is the End and uh, Man of Steel, first of all. And I mean, if you guys want to go see This is the End tonight, we can go see Ooh. it. But you know we can we can deal with that off the air. Yeah, Um, and anyone listening, if you can travel back in time, (laughs) come back and see it with us. Um, But then also, I'm I'm really pretty amped for Under the Dome coming out uh, on CBS. Yes, Stephen King on TV. Stephen King on TV. By the time you by the time you listen to it, I would have already had the uh, we would have already had the Stephen King week on on the blog and. It's. I mean, I'm just so so pumped for this. Even though it's on network, and I know Greg is very much against network TV, <laughs> and to to a degree, I am as well. But I just think why Stephen do you keep King, supporting the man, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> because Stephen King chooses to put his stuff on t- on network TV. Yes, um, and I just think it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty pretty awesome. I I honestly believe it could be the next Lost in terms of wow. just yes, and just just in terms of engrossing characters and 
um, um, overarching mysteries that that kind of run through the entire the entire series. I, I really I have very high hopes for it, and this is all based on on the novel that I ju- I just finished reading it a couple mm-hmm. days ago, and uh, so I mean the 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 show could be absolute garbage. So <laughs> so we'll see. I guess we'll yeah. see. Uh, Tiny, what are you looking forward to? Um, as far as TV goes, I know it already premiered. Um, it premiered last week. But uh, the season, the third season of uh, Falling Skies on TNT, mm. that uh, that show, I don't know how big the viewership is on it, but it's got to be successful because they keep renewing it. Yeah, but I would imagine. I uh, I watched it from the beginning, and the first season was just kind of well, it wasn't great. It was kind of you know not not the best. They, yeah. they 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 stumbled over themselves a little bit, and yeah. the the actors were trying to find their characters and stuff like that. And I wasn't even sure I was going to continue with it, but the second season they really hit their stride, like from the first from the premiere and they just really amped up the quality of that show and nice. I'm, hoping, no, they, I'm hoping they can carry it over no wiley is like a gold mine for that he that really channel, is isn't he? oh yeah he gets he, he did like a couple of like made for tv movies the, for the, TNT. Librarian well, he, the librarian yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then he did er and then didn't tnt buy like the um the syndication rights i think so, I think so. Like yeah gold mine <laughs> oh, yeah. syndication rights yeah, yeah. i mean he's their he, first choice he, for everything he really is. <laughs> like oh we're doing it about um you know, Margaret Thatcher. No, Wiley. Yeah. Yeah. No, Wiley's been around, uh, been around here with these things. And frankly, I'm disappointed that John Carter wasn't a prequel to, uh, <laughs> ER or sequel to it. I was very confused when Taylor Kitsch showed up on, on Mars. It was he weird. To, he goes to Mars and gets his PhD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when Noah Wiley played Steve Jobs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, Pirates of Silicon Valley. Valley. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was on NBC it, too. Was it NBC? Or was it TNT? I think I it was. Maybe it was. I think it was on net network. I think. Oh, was it on Netflix. network? You can Netflix tell we're professionals here. We, we really yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we look everything up before we. <laughs> <laughs> this is just purely if you. I mean, if you're considering suicide, you tune in. <laughs> or if if you find some humor in it, then hopefully your day turns. Around. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, as far as I'm looking forward to for movies, um, World War Z. Man, I can't wait for Interesting. that. Interesting. I know. Yeah, it's because okay. I read the book and best the best work of zombie fiction. Absolutely. You yeah. know, it's. I know a lot of zombie fanboys are going to say that the the story or whatever from which all zombie movies or or whatever is compared to is Romero's original Night of the Living Dead. You know, because yep. he, he invented the genre. He, he did. He invented the monster, so that that really should be the the palette through which we judge it all. But. I tell you what, World War Z just took the took the crown from it, in my opinion. The book, the yeah, original yeah. book by Max I, I Brooks, totally it, agree. it just it just it just overwhelmed anything that Romero ever did, in my opinion. It's it's the pinnacle of zombie stories, um, and unfortunately, I, it looks like the movie really just basically stole the title, and that's about it. Yeah, it looks like I, they kind of did away with the book, which really really disappointed me. It's, but yeah, you know, I haven't seen it yet. I can't really say so, but I'm, I'm still really looking forward to it. The, the the previews look pretty cool, and I like Brad Pitt and. I think I think it'll be a pretty cool movie. We'll see. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It does look pretty cool, and it's it had a troubled production, which uh, that alarms right. me. And there's if you go on IMDb and check out the check out the writing credits, there's just a laundry list of writers that are uh. brought in to doctor it. And one of them is Damon Lindelof, who's one of my favorite writers, mm-hmm. um, working today. And even I'm I'm not sure if he can save it, judging from judging from the trailers. But I'm, I'll still see it because I am through and through a zombie fanatic. Yeah, I I are. love zombies. Like no matter what missteps The Walking Dead may take, um, or miss shambles, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will watch it strictly because of uh, Greg Nicotero's uh, work with 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 the makeup and and the effects of Absolutely. of the zombies because it's, it's it's just amazing yeah um, yeah so that's cool Greg yeah. what are you looking forward to uh, I am I'm looking forward to the uh, beginning of newsroom that's oh, coming up in July yeah. I'm mm-hmm. I love I I'm one of the few that probably actually loves it like I, <laughs> I like it a lot and I would just love it because it's Sorkin Sorkin, yeah. baby. Sorkin oh, yeah. and news my two things um, <laughs> in the movie wise man of steel can't wait to see yeah. that this yeah. is the end I'm not totally excited about and I don't know why really? I wish oh. I were but I just can't get into it I'm I'm excited for it just because it looks like it looks like ocean 11 but with comedy yeah. like with with comedy actors because in the end of the like, world yeah in the end of the world it's like all these There's actors no got together yeah it's like all these actors got together and we're like hey we like hanging out let's go let's go make a movie and hang out and have a blast making it and it's gonna be it's gonna be hilarious and it looks like it's gonna be funny yeah nice. i haven't read any early reviews of you 
I've either. seen I've just seen tweets and uh, and some some opinions from people, but I, I've heard that it's pretty good. But I'm not sure how how trustful I can make those sources. And then is there one? There's one more big blockbuster coming out this summer, right? That's um, there's a f- there's a few, few coming think, out. Is there one? Uh, I mean, uh, I, I saw know. it was it was for the Star Trek it was one of the previews for Star Trek. Uh, Elysium? Elysium's coming out. Yes, with Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. That's yeah. what I want to see. Neil Blomkamp. Neil yeah. Blomkamp. Uh, yeah. Movie, I, yeah. I have hated like everything Matt Damon's done. Like, <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> for a long time, I mean, he has made uh, like the Adjustment Bureau. Like, oh I, man, he was a likable character in it, but I still hated that movie. Yeah. John I still Sl- how do you mess it. up with John Slattery, yeah. Emily Blunt, and Matt Damon? Yeah, the I worst writers ever. That was a disappointing movie. Yeah. I still haven't seen it, but don't all the like villainous weird people like don't they wear fedoras or something? Yeah, like, that's they're I mean, like in, yeah, they're, they're like oh he's on Mad Men, we'll just keep it and get the Mad Men character. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, exactly, he can even uh, keep his wardrobe for Mad Men. Yeah, yeah like I've heard, yeah. I've heard some good things about that movie, so I'm I'm still gonna check it out. But no, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. It's just, it, okay. it, it has some po- some some points, some moments, but it's overall yeah not good. Okay. Well. Yeah. We want to thank everyone if you made it through this uh, this <laughs> first podcast. I thought it was a good start. I thought it was, it was a good start. I, I, had, a, I had a blast. It was kind of weird when Greg took off his clothes, but I mean, that was, it was cool. Yeah. Well, I haven't put it back on. Ooh. Well, all right. Let's just, let's just keep recording. <laughs> yeah. Well, just, yes. If you stay with us, it will be a one-time yes. payment, but you get access to it for life. <laughs> all right. Well, Matt, right. go ahead and... Uh, all right, well, wrap it up. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the first ever Obsessive Viewer podcast with uh, Matt and Tiny and guest host uh, Greg. Um, you can find me, Matt, the Obsessive Viewer, on Twitter at, at Obsessive Viewer. And you can check out the blog, ObsessiveViewer.com. I do Trailer Tuesdays, Streaming Saturday recommendations. I just basically write about what I'm watching. Um, I've been going through the Bond box set slowly. I do director director assessments and all that so it's it's a lot of fun it's it occupies my time when i work i work nights so it keeps me awake um you can you can see that at obsessiveviewer.com like the, like the blog on facebook at uh facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer and uh tiny uh you can um, pretty much the same you, you know i i can i contribute to the website now and again to the mm-hmm. to the blog now and again uh, you can find me on there and then also i'm on twitter at uh at obsessive tiny and uh, that's about it. It's kind of mm-hmm. Matt's show. I just I'm just kind of along for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this is gonna be a this is gonna be a fun ride. All right. Yeah. It so, always was. Right. It always is with you, Matt. <laughs> yes. It's yes. Fun and course. hard. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, everybody, take care, and we will see uh, you next time. Thanks. Right. See. You.